Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lift, Feel, Pray, a podcast aimed at exploring the relationship between physical, mental, and spiritual health and wellness in an effort to inspire, support, and encourage you on your journey through life. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is another episode of Lift, Feel, Pray. And my name is Stephen Montesinos. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, and I'm joined here by Coach Colin and Pastor Jeff again for another episode. And if you've never listened before, welcome. We're so excited that you decided to give this podcast a try. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back. Regardless of whether or not you're returning or new and joining us for the first time, we've got some news to share with you. We are official. We finally have a website. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it is liftfeelpray.com. That's www.liftfeelpray.com. We'll have uh, episodes up on the website. There is a contact page and some about us information. If you want to learn a little bit more about the three of us, uh, please feel free to check it out. Also, we encourage you to send us messages. If you have any questions, reactions, or comments, any suggestions for future episodes, uh, we're hoping that we can include at the end of podcasts every once in a while a listener email segment where we can talk a little bit about something that someone has shared with us. Um, We really appreciate you doing that. So check that out. So today we're going to be discussing the importance of rest and recovery. We're going to be talking about ways to achieve it in your life from a physical, mental, and a spiritual perspective. Mm. And uh, last time we talked about getting active. And today we're going to talk about rest and recovery and what that means to us in our lives. And maybe provide you with a little bit of uh, inspiration, some ideas about how you can go about experiencing rest and recovery in your lives. And just as a disclaimer, as we've talked about before, this is uh, something that the, the three of us have to remind ourselves to work on mm-hmm. each and every day. It Absolutely. is not easy. And uh, I think what, maybe what we'll start with is just some storytelling about how maybe we've invested in our own rest and recovery over the past week or earlier in our lives or any information we've come across that's inspired us. So what are you guys thinking? How is it with your rest and recovery well i can start real quickly just because this past week is it really pertains to us because we just started this challenge within the tfw facility and we went over sustainable goals over the next eight weeks that we're really focusing in on and we hovered over the 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 main five really i want to say components of fitness but the main five things that we either struggle with and, and and the kind of foundations that make us healthy and one of them that I think most people were surprised about that they didn't think we were going to bring up was sleep. <laughs> it's one of those things that people just kind of overlook and they might look at it and be like, and, and say, oh, that's, that, I think that's on the bottom of the priority list. But when you really look at all the other things that we do, and especially in today's world was kind of, you know, go, go, go and mm-hmm. trying to outwork the person beside you. And also it's just one of these components of, of, of a foundation of kind of health and fitness that just get lost within mm-hmm. everything else, you know, especially in this kind of competitive arena. Uh, so, I started out by asking everybody, okay, well, what does sleep look like for you? You know, what does it, it look like on a nightly basis? And I think the thing that surprised me most was the inconsistency. You know, there's just like some people would get great sleep some night, the nights and other nights they'd, it would be terrible, right? And some of that was, I wouldn't say really just by accident, but I guess it's a lack of planning. Uh, but other of it, what was even more surprising was was actually intentional, right? So people would say, hey, I, you know, I plan on these this day or this night that I'm only going to get a few hours and because I have X, Y, Z to 
to do. And, wow. And, yeah, and it's one of those things like, well, it's, it's, it's in the long run, it's really counterproductive because there's just so many studies from a physical standpoint how important sleep is, right? I always tell people, when, you know, one thing is that when they come in and they kind of look and they overlook things or, or say like they're banging their head against the wall because they think they're doing everything right, the one thing I ask is, hey, how's your sleep? How's your stress? Right? Because mm-hmm. those are two things that people, they just tend not to think about. Mm-hmm. So with this challenge that we're doing within mm-hmm. the facility, there is a kind of handful of people and it's not an easy thing I've also noticed, you know, it's because it's, it's just one of those things that I guess to create structure can be tough because you have to look at your nightly routine and your morning routine and kind of and get that block of time out. But the people that have made changes are already telling me about the benefits that they're that, that they're more energized, that they're actually getting more quality of work done during the day, and, and it's taking them less time to get things done. Their workouts are more efficient, you know, things like that. Again, it's just one of these things that. It's constantly overlooked, and so I, I was glad that we probably brought up this topic, and I'm sure you guys can touch on emotional and spiritual standpoint, but from a physical standpoint, it's just so important, and again, just something that's also overlooked. Yeah. So what would you say, Colin, uh, is optimal for sleep? Uh, so, how many hours? Eight is optimal. Mm. Uh, but with this channel, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so why are you, I, know you, I know this is okay. this is a podcast, so you can't see, but but Jeff is smiling. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Why are you smiling right now? Oh, I'm glad I get seven yeah. hours at least. Yes. You know? Right. So, but again, with this with this challenge, like everything else, we I I, I start the conversation by asking what they had, and, and then we make a realistic goal. The answer is, if you're getting much less than that, the answer is more is better, mm-hmm. right? So it's not that just again. This goes back to the things that we've touched on previous podcasts is making real realistic goals like mm-hmm. so if somebody's averaging five I'm not going to tell them hey eight is, is, is what you need um, it's more like hey let, let's start working on six six and a half and if we could start there even that even getting four to five hours more a week could be huge you know in terms of things so let me ask you another yeah. question because uh, this is prompting a lot of thought mm-hmm. um, is there is there the possibility of too much sleep yeah, uh, so I believe so as well. Yes, yes, I, <laughs> I can vouch for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we all can. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were joking with somebody in the gym just uh, before this uh, talking about today's podcast, uh-huh. and uh, they said, well, I got sleep down. I'm, That's I'm a- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. That particular person, I, I can almost guarantee you, maybe probably get too much yeah. sleep. <laughs> well, I think there's such thing as too much sleep and then inconsistent sleep patterns and mm-hmm. routines, which can also backfire, my guess would be, as well. I mean, from what I know about emotional health, um, and it's it's relationship to brain health, which relies upon physical sleep, mm-hmm. uh, that that matters. You know, having an inconsistent sleep pattern disrupts your circadian rhythm, yeah. and then it actually, at the end, ends up hurting you more than helping you. So people think they're making up for sleep, right? but I don't think well, that that's really the case. The analogy I love to use with that is people say, oh, well, I'm not tired at 10. And I say, well, you're not tired because you don't go to bed at 10, right? So it's the same thing people say, well, I'm not hungry in, at breakfast. I was like, well, if you start eating breakfast, mm-hmm. your, your body will then tell you that you're, start, you're starting to become hungry at breakfast, right? Same thing with sleep. If you kind of start creating that block of time, that consistency of time, uh-huh. all of a sudden your body will become tired at that time. It's like training your body. It's like most other things. So yeah. but that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, personally, for me, I don't know if you can relate to this, but there was a time in my life, and I think even now, I'm still battling it, where I've had this mindset, and I think it's even on a subconscious level, I'm not even thinking about it, where I look at sleep not as a part of my health regimen, but as a as something that's getting in the way of it. It's inconvenience. It's an inconvenience. Yes, of course. Yes, that's right. And and that's the wrong mindset. Yes, that is absolutely. Yeah, you're right. So many people look at it that way. I've heard that so many people, especially cut from my, you know, people are very type A and like they don't like you know they waste time. It's like it's not wasted time, right? Uh So it's very you know it's very important, very productive. Right. Even I even see that even if you're in bed. 
just laying for an hour or two, that, that's still rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'll find that at the end of a hard day, especially with you know working out and then going full full strength all day long, how tired my legs are. Right. And uh, if I find myself even in bed at like 8.30 at night, just laying there until maybe 10 o'clock reading or, or watching TV or something like that, I still find that that's incorporated into my rest time. And I think yeah, from a rest component, that is, but that with this specific challenge though, what I did ask was uh, undistracted. Rest. So I like, like getting a little bit more unplugged from just from the sleep standpoint because it, it is hard to train your body to go to sleep if you do have this regimen of doing and again you are checking emails and stuff it's kind of like and you put Steve you can probably touch on that more, much more than I can but from the you know mental standpoint it's hard to get fully relaxed if, unless you start from there yeah well I mentioned practicing the pause last time when we spoke and I've been trying to do that more and more and and really what that speaks to is the fact that rest needs to become an intentional practice you have to look at it as something that contributes to your emotional health and well-being because if you don't then it just remains an inconvenience or something that you can sacrifice or something even is equally bad becomes deprioritized you don't prioritize it anymore so we have to start looking at it not as something that's getting in the way of productivity but something that's contributing to it i think that will make all the world a difference because if you're sitting here listening to this podcast right now I would guess that probably 90 to 95% of you, and this is just obviously a guess, are tired. Mm-hmm. You are not getting enough rest. You're feeling emotionally exhausted. You may be feeling physically exhausted. And the reason why I'm guessing that it, the number is that high is because I, the people that I talk to both in my work and then also just personally, we're all tired. I'm tired. Well, and there's even like Snapchat filters that this is always tired. It's a really popular thing now. It's like <laughs> always people always tired. tag it, always tired. It's like, yeah, it's mm, not yeah. ideal. No. Yeah. And so I, my life is, I'm constantly battling. <laughs> Desired with, outcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm constantly battling with trying to get back into balance. And I'll have conversations with Janelle, my spouse, where she'll call me on it and say, you are, you are not balancing your life enough. Not using those words, maybe a little bit more uh, colorfully. <laughs> Uh, let's just be honest, right? And, and I'm a, this is a real vulnerable, open podcast, yeah, right? We love so, you, Janelle. Yeah, yeah we lo- I love her to death. But I know that she, and I'm guilty of this as well, too. And I think that if you're in a relationship with anybody, it, whether or not it's a spouse, a, a significant other, a family member, a co-worker, um, they probably called you out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And maybe in ways that were harsher than you deserved and other ways that kind of lit a fire underneath you. But the point is that I think that we are all tired. Mm-hmm. So just take a moment and ask yourself, Am I getting enough rest? Mm-hmm. Am I focusing intentionally on the process of rest and recovery? Yeah. My guess is that 90 to 95% of the people listening will say or admit that no, I'm not. Or, or I'm not often enough. Right. Yeah. I'd like to maybe shift gears a little bit just from like the physical standpoint of getting physical rest at night, but maybe shifting uh, into a thought of uh, do we take time for ourselves to um, have a day off? I'll say early on in my, my ministry when I first started, I used to be a school teacher before uh, going into the ministry and when, uh, started in 1999 as a, as a pastor. And I found myself going to school full time for my master's and, and then I, I, I found myself serving a, a two churches uh, as a student pastor so it was like an on on like actual training while I was going to school and at the same time uh, our son was very young he was less than a year old and uh, we were newly married and uh, we were running the course 
at full strength. I mean, it was it was downright a full out sprint, and uh, we were we were exhausted. Well, uh, there was a there was a time where I was doing a funeral, and I was at the funeral home, and I started experiencing chest pains, mm-hmm. and I uh, came home and I said, uh, Jennifer, I'm I'm having chest pains, and uh, she's like, We're getting you straight to the hospital. Now, meanwhile, I'm like 24 at the time, mm-hmm. thinking, Oh no, this is this could be it, and uh, because my grandfather's both died of heart attacks and uh, in their 60s, and uh, just was. Uh, you know, very scary for me. So we ended up in the hospital, and uh, I ended up in the hospital for five days. Wow. And uh, we did a uh, stress test. That came back abnormal. So I'm really thinking something's wrong with my heart. And they, they said, the next step we're going to do is a heart cath. So um, that morning of the heart cath, I remember signing the paperwork. Like, if something were to happen to you, you, you know, thinking, oh, my, this is such a check mm-hmm. for me. So I remember uh, being under anesthetic for this procedure and uh, the doctor showed me like on the screen my heart and I was going through with the the line and uh, he says Jeff in the operating room he says I don't see anything wrong with your heart your heart is perfectly fine there's no blockage there's nothing wrong with it and the thing he said to me he goes are you taking time off Mm-hmm. And I, you know, in the operating room, I said, no, I'm not. And at that point, I had to take a real gut check in my life. And I was going seven months uh, full steam with not one single day off. Mm-hmm. And uh, so ever since that moment, I've really uh, worked very hard at practicing what we in you know, the religious sense called Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is something that even God instituted and practiced. And so if, if God needed a day of rest, why do we think that we're so invincible that we don't need that time off? And so, you know, I'll, I'll work extremely hard all week up until Thursday night. Sometimes I have to work late into Thursday night, like even 10, 10 11 o'clock at night, just so I can practice that Sabbath on Friday that I can have my day off of rest. And, you know, people will come into the gym on Friday, and one person said yesterday, uh, they said, boy, I wish I had your job. I'm like, I'm like, well, Behind the scenes. do you realize, you know, yeah. I, I may look like I have nothing to do here yeah. on a Friday, but uh, there's a reason I'm just sitting here at 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, because I am trying my hardest to practice Sabbath. And what I've come to find is there's such value in practicing Sabbath because we all need that day off. Well, I was going to say for the for anyone who's listening who's um, maybe not connected to a religion or isn't understanding the definition of Sabbath, could you explain that a little bit? What does that yeah, mean Sabbath in kind is, of a lay, layperson's perspective? Yeah, Sabbath is uh, technically a time of rest, and uh, that's that's essentially what a Sabbath would be. So, in the spiritual sense, uh, God, you know, created the world and on the seventh day rested, and so there was an actual placement for rest in the in the creation of this world, and so uh, over the course of time. Practice of Sabbath has been lessened. Uh, if you remember, well, you don't, guys don't remember. You're younger than me. Mm-hmm. but they, And this was even before my time, the blue laws. And so everything would be shut down on a Sunday uh, mm-hmm. so that people could practice Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And, and over the course of time, we've seen that lesson and lesson. And Sunday mm-hmm. just tends to be a full functioning day mm-hmm. like any others. Uh, Outside of Chick-fil-A. 
except for Chick-fil-A <laughs> and Hobby Lobby, by the way. Yeah, they're the only two that I think still practice yeah. Sabbath. That's a good point. Certain yeah. institutions and yeah. organizations or businesses. Yeah. Absolutely. But we live in a world with cell phones, laptops, and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, we're on the go constantly. I had somebody at the coffee shop say to me, oh, it's nice that you get to come in, have a cup of coffee, and, and just hang out. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually working right now. You know? setting, and, right? Uh, uh, you know, we, we take our work everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that can be very beneficial for our work standpoint, but uh, it can be very not beneficial for our own personal lives as well. Yeah. And even taking hits, it's not always good, actually, what have I found from a business or professional standpoint. I know sometimes we think, oh, the more we work, the better. But I've been in when I, you know, buying a small business and being the only guy there from sunup to sundown, like constantly where there is a ceiling that you hit, you know, Mm -hmm. because you just have no other time outside your business to work on things and to be your best each and every hour. Mm -hmm. The quality of your work starts going down. So things like that. So it's not even always good from a business and professional standpoint, you, you find, if you really... If you're really, really getting those those hours in, I mean, there was times when I first bought my business that I had 20 one-on-one sessions a day, and wow. it was like go, 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 and it was just like, mm-hmm. and and yes, I mean, I would like to think that like they would that the quality was there, but but I know that it, I'm sorry, I'm sure some sessions weren't. You know, it's hard to give your best when you're doing that that many, yeah. and then outside of that, I could I didn't really have time to promote mm-hmm. my business and do other things. So so there's a point to also kind of you know giving Sabbath and different rest to kind of to even grow. Uh, I think on all levels, from business and, and spiritually and emotionally. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. Last night I was spending some time reading to our sons uh, during bedtime, and we got them these books that talk about figures from history and kind of explain their life and what they've been through and what they've experienced. And so it's a biographical, a brief biographical look at a variety of different people. And the book that we happen to be reading right now is a biography of Nikola Tesla, a well-known engineer. And and a very intelligent individual. And there's a part of the story where they talked about his professors when he was in college actually writing his father and saying he is the top student, he is getting straight A's, he is essentially a genius, you know, in terms of his intellect. But we are worried that he is harming himself physically and mentally and emotionally or spiritually even because he was pushing himself too hard. Mm. He wasn't getting enough rest and it's said that he had spoken about periods of his life where he would only get two to three hours of sleep mm-hmm. a day. Uh-huh. And I, that, you know, there are certain clinical situations from a, a mental illness related perspective where that makes sense. There are some people with certain diagnoses that require very little sleep, but that doesn't mean that they aren't in need of help mm-hmm. to manage that symptom. But for him, it took it even a little bit further and talked about when he moved to the United States and started working with Thomas Edison. And for an entire year, he worked from 10.30 a.m. in the morning until 5 o'clock in the morning the next day. Whoa. 10.30 a.m. to 5 a.m. the next day because Thomas Edison wanted him to work on converting the engines that they had that produced electricity from Mm -hmm. direct current engines to alternating current engines. And it just struck me that he isn't getting enough rest, but how many people look at him, rightfully so, as somebody who's contributed a lot to the world Mm -hmm. and was incredibly productive, but failed to recognize that there were aspects of his life that were unhealthy. And again, like that goes to... uh, 
So obviously there's a discipline and there's a kind of a fire there to work that hard, but there had to be a matter of loss of quality. I've, so I lost to, I listened to a sleep study recently and it talked about everything from if you're driving on the road and your lack of sleep or you've been up for 18 plus hours, mm-hmm. how you're just as likely to get an accident as somebody with a 0.08 BAC level. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. also heard they talk about surgeons. If they're on their 10th hour of surgery, how they're 400% more likely to not do something yeah. correct, right? So so if you're scheduling your surgery, make sure you're the first one up, that kind of deal, right? So I just thought of that because the amount of hours that you You're absolutely right. It's like the FAA. They have regulations on pilots and yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's, sleep. And that's for a reason. I mean, these, there's been lots of money put into these types of studies, and, and they're fairly accurate. So well, The idea here is that people struggle so much to prioritize rest. There's actually laws and rules in place that yeah. force people right. in certain professions right. to have to rest. Yep. Yeah. And I think that just speaks to the fact that there's certain situations and certain circumstances and there's certain personalities where they just can't help but push themselves. And I guess if you're sitting there listening to that, don't beat yourself up if that's you, but just know that it might just take, it's going to take a little bit extra effort on your part. And maybe enlist the support of somebody that you trust to help hold you accountable and check in and say, are you getting enough rest? Before the time comes where a significant other lays into you or it drops a very difficult truth for you to have to hear. Or because you lack of sleep, you're laid into your significant other. That's right. Well, that's another really good point from an emotional perspective. Thank you. For me, what will happen is I become angry, mm-hmm. I become mm-hmm. irritable, I become less tolerant. Mm-hmm. And again, it's because my brain hasn't been given enough time to rest. Yeah. And it's one of the most important organs in our body. And I think far too often we just don't look at it that way. I guess that was, uh, that I don't was know. the cowbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sound effect that we used to emphasize the fact that the brain is the most right. important organ yeah. in the body. <laughs> Um, Another thing that I want to mention, and and this is an important topic to discuss, but it's also, from an emotional perspective, pretty heavy. And it's the recovery side of what we're talking about today. You know, we've mentioned rest and recovery. Uh, well, well, from an emotional perspective, recovery can mean a lot of different things. But I usually think about people who have suffered some sort of an emotional injury. We usually use the word trauma when we talk about that. I mean, it's used in the physical and medical worlds as well, too. You know, if someone suffers a broken bone or sprain, usually it's referred to as trauma. Um, and it's treated. And a lot of people require rehabilitation. I know you've probably worked with plenty of people that have suffered from injuries, no? Yeah. What would be examples of that from an emotional standpoint? Well, it would be like somebody who has suffered a horrible interaction with somebody in the past. I mean, in the worst case scenarios, maybe somebody who's experienced a significant trauma like abuse or mistreatment. Somebody who has seen something that was distressing or disturbing or experienced something that was distressing or disturbing. The first thing I think of is people who are in situations where they're going to be exposed to violence. Mm -hmm. You know, so like law enforcement officers, military personnel, maybe even we talked about physicians, uh, nurses, people in sort of settings where they're going to, where they're going to be treating people who have suffered some pretty horrific injuries. Um, Would would something like divorce fall in that category just from a emotional standpoint. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that I would say is disruptive in some sort of way to someone's life can be potentially traumatic. And it may be hard to consciously acknowledge it, but you might also not have realized Mm -hmm. that you experienced trauma. Because when we say trauma, a lot of people will discount their experience saying, well, no, there's other people that have experienced worse things in life than me. Well, that's true, but it doesn't discount the fact that maybe you've gone through something that's affected you emotionally Mm -hmm. and that you deserve to heal and recover from. So I usually talk about trauma as, as being big 
big T trauma and little T trauma, right? And little T trauma is just as important. Like somebody, the one person who said something to you that really hurt your feelings. I think we can all that are listening think back in time to an interaction we had where somebody got under our skin and made us feel bad about ourselves in some sort of way. And it's affected how we think about ourselves. It affected the decisions that we make in relationships. And if that's the case, we deserve to work on that. We deserve an opportunity to recover. Um, so if you've experienced, and I guarantee you 100% of the people listening yeah. to this have experienced some sort of emotional trauma, whether or not it's big T or little t, take care of yourself. You know, Find a way to allow yourself to heal from that um, because that process of recovery is going to provide you an opportunity to break free of that experience and live a life that is so much more full than you've experienced previously. Experience relationships that are so much more full than you've experienced previously. And I have a friend of mine who uh, I think had some of this happening on a subconscious level because he, you know, from outwardly he just, he he's a very laid back guy and he thought nothing was kind of bothering him, but he had this like this episode of like a panic attack that just oh, happened right. out of nowhere. Yeah, and it was and he had to go again to go to the hospital, get checked out, and mm-hmm. it's one of these things like these things are happening sometimes whether you recognize them or not, and to have those type of conversations, with, you know, whether it's somebody else or yourself, is, is can be a good thing, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's hard to admit sometimes for people they might conflate. Understandably, I, I get it, I, I empathize with it. An emotional injury from a trauma with weakness, they'll yeah. kind of look at that as being not emotionally tough enough. But I like to challenge that notion and suggest, like I mentioned in previous podcasts, if you can get to a point where you can admit that you've experienced a traumatic event in your life and you deserve to recover and it makes sense that you're struggling emotionally, that's a sign of strength to me. Yeah, just something to consider. Yeah, Yeah. Recovery is so important emotionally for health and well-being. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think we should touch on too is how do we take steps to embrace recovery and rest in in our lives? And, you know, the first one is to adjust our, our mindset to embrace it. From a spiritual standpoint, I really have benefited from prayer that takes me into a state of rest and uh and actually spiritual recovery as well um, because my mind is racing so fast and and i and i choose to slow down so i have to Mm -hmm. embrace it and uh, i i practice something called lectio divina and uh, this is a style of prayer that i practice it's an ancient prayer method a lot of monasteries continue to practice this today and we've introduced it a lot into the church uh, as of recent but there are there are different steps and so uh, one of the things that I do is I choose a passage of scripture and uh, that I, I wish to pray for, and and I place myself in a quiet environment. Maybe I go down to the lake, or maybe I jump on my kayak, or uh, maybe I just go find a quiet spot. But uh, this is a place where I can calm my anxieties. Uh, I, I can calm uh, the thoughts that I have going through my head, and and I and I come to an acknowledgement that God is present in that moment. So it's really a one-on-one time with me and God. Out of curiosity, what, how do you choose that passage? Is it something that's on your heart, or is it something you like to look yeah, through? Yeah, a lot of times I'll choose based on um, where I'm at in my life. Yeah. And so uh, if I'm feeling maybe uh, egotistical, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling boastful, or, you know, I, I, I slow myself down and say, all right, uh, I need to practice humility. And, mm-hmm. and I'll think of, like, Philippians 2, about humbling ourselves uh, before others. And, and, you know, and then I'll use that as a passage to, to find rest by being humble. So basically it's what I'm facing in the moment uh, that I come to a prayer. Then I offer a prayer uh, just for God to speak through this. And uh, 
so there's there's a couple steps through this process. Uh, one is uh, just to read the text prayerfully and carefully uh, and slowly, uh, constantly listening for that word that God has prepared for me. You can reread this text uh, multiple times because one thing that I've come to find over 21 years of ministry is you can read a passage of scripture and it'll speak to you completely different the next time you read it. Uh, there might be a word or a phrase that pops out and you're like, oh my, I've never even noticed that word that was in scripture. So allow yourself to reread it multiple times and, and just focus on what God's voice is saying to you in that moment. And then as you read that, focus on the meditation part of this. You know, stop and rest with it. You don't have to just constantly keep thinking, but just pause. You know, like you said in our last episode, Stephen, mm-hmm. practice the pause. Uh, we can practice the pause in, in that moment of meditation and, and maybe repeat that word that keeps sticking out to you. Maybe it's like shalom, meaning peace, or, uh, you know, you just continue to practice that. And then you continue to think and, and memorize that word and just repeat it uh, to yourself, allowing it to interact with your thoughts, um, with your hopes. Maybe maybe you're bringing back memories from your past, uh, and maybe you're even thinking about future desires in your own personal life as well. And then uh, your response to this is by continuing to pray. You know, it begins with this dialogue that you're having with God in this quiet space and uh, formulate a prayer that's uh, maybe your response to God. So what is it you want to say to God in your response to uh, the spoken word uh, to you? And then as you continue to pray to God, go into this moment of contemplation. Uh, This is a transformational moment. Uh, So, you know, sit with God, realizing that uh, in this deep and profound found uh, moment in relationship, words aren't really necessary. Have you ever just sat? I did that one time in a sermon. I just sat in a chair up on stage for five minutes. That opened my message up and people were like, what is going on here, you know? And, and people started squirming and and, 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 I, and and I used that as a reference. We have such a hard time being still. Yeah, I mean, uh, almost you see somebody like on a park bench now, you're like, hey, what's wrong with that guy? It's yeah. like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. it be resting. That's right. Yeah. Well, it and makes so, me think it, with optimal brain training in terms of optimal health, I've been reading a lot of research on the fact that we need to both practice focusing and learning how to unfocus focus mm. right so building unfocused times into your day is so important that's so true in part so you're not just on this continuous slog throughout the day where you're working and working and working and working and again your brain is wired to both focus and unfocus they work together and and we need to take advantage of that and things like meditation can help with that but if you're more interested in different ways that you can do that there's something called positive constructive daydreaming or pcd and it is a great way to engage in purposeful, unfocused practice, right? And you can do it while you're engaged in some sort of a low-key activity. You don't want to do it whenever you're fading away or, or about to fall asleep or something like that. Uh, that. That would be more like daydreaming. What you want to really focus on is something like a playful or a wishful image, like something such as like yourself laying on a yacht or floating on your back in a pool on a vacation. And then from looking outside to wandering inside, you know, there's a swivel of attention that you can experience that can boost your creativity that can help you to boost your brain health. So focus on engaging in unfocused brain activities because that can help mm-hmm. recovery as well too. Absolutely. I like those tips. Those yeah. Cool. 
And then kind of bouncing off what you were talking about, Jeff, with, with all the steps to the benefits of rest is uh, I would say at first you have to make it a priority. And to make it a priority from a self-care standpoint is recognizing the importance of it, right? Absolutely. So there's a lot of people that kind of walk through this door that that just think that rest is not an important component of their life or their fitness. So mm-hmm. by looking at studies and reading articles and um, improving yourself from that kind of knowledge standpoint or that knowledge base, you, you might recognize, hey, wow, I, I, I can improve in all these facets of my life and, and like anything else I think once you start making those steps toward it you will see the benefits definitely yeah pretty vividly in your life so instead of saying no I I don't have time for that start making it time start making it a priority realizing its importance Uh, and from there just kind of baby steps just kind of making a few steps toward it and I think 100% of the people that do it I've found that really can recognize benefits in all areas of their life from that yeah and going from recognizing takes us into the second step Mm -hmm. um, which is really creating a structured schedule that emphasizes Mm -hmm. rest and recovery so um, as you recognize that, what are the steps you're going to take to make sure that you create a structured schedule of rest and recovery? Like I said earlier in the podcast, I always make sure that I work hard to get my day off. Now, in the pastoral world, uh, I, I can get emergency calls on a Friday, and that's okay because uh, that's my line of work. But uh, you know, I do never clock out. But uh, I always have one more, more email, one more phone call that I could do, one more idea that I could share with uh, one of my teams. So as much as possible, I have to say to myself, Friday, I'm going to do X, whether it's going kayaking, whether it's going fishing, whether it's going to a movie. Now, sometimes my wife will make me do the bathrooms, clean them up. (laughs) (laughs) But in this age, we have to be disciplined. We have to create that structure because if not, we're going to let those stresses of life take over and uh, they will bring us down hard. And, And Colin, you brought up a great point then we start doing everything mediocre mm-hmm. and uh, nothing is done with excellence. That's right. So that, that's the second step is create a structured schedule. Anything you guys want to add to that? Well, I mean, the, the one word that makes me think of too that I'll use with a lot of people that I work with and friends and family and in my own life is creating boundaries. Yep. So mm-hmm. um, the boundaries are natural. They're important for rest and recovery. They're essential. We're setting them all the time, if you think about it. I mean, the physical space that you are finding yourself in right now, as you're listening to this podcast, has boundaries. Mm-hmm. If you're in your car, there is a door, and it hopefully is shut. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but if it's not, you know, may- maybe there's a good reason. Yeah. Um, but that is a boundary. That's a physical boundary. At home, you may have a fence line or property property lines. That is a that is a boundary. Yeah, and absolutely. so, setting boundaries in every way possible in your life is important for rest and recovery. Yeah, definitely. What came to mind for me was not uh, overcommitting yourself. So the power of saying no to some things, right? Oh my! Because yes. there's so many things, especially in your I'm sure your line of work, yeah. you could say yes, and before you know it, you're you've committed to so many things, yeah. and it's just and it's just unrealistic. Yeah, and so, we could say yes to a thousand committees. Yeah, exactly. You know, right, and, and right. Die by committee. So so saying yeah. no isn't something that is diminishing the person asking, but it's something that of self-value. Mm-hmm. Right. You can say no in a lot of different ways. When you set a boundary, the saying no is a big part of that. Yeah. And and realize that when you're setting a boundary, you're protecting yourself. Right. right? So it's 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 like a window or a door. Now, some people have boundaries that are walls, and that might be representative of some sort of traumatic experience that they've had, right? A lack of trust that's come from something that had happened to them whenever they were younger or earlier in their life. That represents an opportunity for recovery. And as you recover, the wall comes down, but that doesn't mean that you're boundaryless. You start to install doors and windows. Right? And you close them when it's appropriate. So you say no in, in a physical sense, in terms of your physical boundaries, not pushing yourself too far and setting physical limitations with yourself and with others. 
Uh, there are emotional boundaries, right? There are boundaries regarding our use of time. There are boundaries regarding intimacy, emotionally, mm-hmm. sexually, and every other way that are so important. There are intellectual boundaries. There are material boundaries. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And that's, that's for me, a way to go about developing a structured approach to resting and recovering. Absolutely. Boundaries are very important in, in life. And that's actually one of our steps uh, that we, we see here uh, is to create healthy limits and boundaries in our life. Yeah. And, you know, as we create those boundaries, it's so important, the investment. That's one of our uh, steps that we developed here to actively invest in self-care. Uh, there's a passage of scripture uh, it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own, for you're bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. You know, as I reflect upon that, um, our body is a temple. It's a temple of God, and as such, we're, we're called to care for it. So what I tell myself is this, what am I going to do for me? We don't ask ourselves that very often. Uh, that will allow me to be stronger? What am I going to do for me that will be allow me to be more alert? What am I going to do for me that will allow me to be more focused for the sake of my wife, my kids, and for the people that God has called me to lead? Whether that means investing in a massage, um, whether it means investing in creating devotion, journaling, maybe fasting, worship, being a part of a small group, reading the Bible, and and I, and, and I want to touch upon retreat too. I, I belong to a covenant group of uh, fellow brothers, six of us. We get together twice a year. We go away for three days where we just spend time holding each other accountable. But that's a time of recovery for us where we dwell upon each other and how we can care for each other. So if you if you are listening to this podcast and, and you have those people in your life that you can uh, maybe break away from, that you uh, entrust uh, your life to, that you can in- encourage each other, I actively encourage you to say, this is important for my life, and I'm going to invest in my self-care. Well, it's funny. Sometimes the, all the excuses that people use not to rest and all the things that you just mentioned are exactly the things that will benefit if they do rest, right? So their family, their work, all those, those are things that tend to get better with active rest, right? Definitely. So. Definitely. Yeah, I was looking at some quotes regarding investing in your health, and there's one that I really liked a lot, which is that your health is an investment, not an expense. Right. Yes. Although right. it will become an expense if you don't take time See, to that's, invest that's in it. That's a big one. I've used that before. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I was say, I might have been borrowing from some of the things that you've talked about before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like you're going to pay for it one way or the other. Might as well you know, get on the healthy side now rather than mm-hmm. paying for medications and surgeries. and that. Well, and that's a big point because when people think about rest and recovery, they may not allow it because they feel like, I've got to earn a little bit more money. I've mm-hmm. got to work a little harder to make that extra paycheck. And mm-hmm. I get it. There's some of you that are in positions where you have to work multiple jobs mm-hmm. and then maybe you make choices not to spend your money in certain ways, but then spend it in other ways, right? You might invest in short-term benefit as opposed to long-term. So things like memberships to, like you probably deal with this too a lot, like a fitness dojo or a studio or a gym. People look at it as an expense, but if you flip it around and say, okay, well, you're just paying upfront for something that you may end up spending more money on later, if you don't invest in it now, and that would be your physical health and wellness. Yeah, and, and as most things, if you dig a little deeper, people are invested in something, right? Mm-hmm. So whether, and if, if you dig a little deeper, what are they spending their money and their time on? Uh, and usually it's things that, uh, usually you could find a few things that aren't necessities, right? So it's just yeah. kind of where you're prioritizing your, th- your, your your monies to. So that's, where you, for most, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. There was a video you posted this week on, on our Facebook page here at TFW about discipline equals freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obsession equals 
equals freedom. Yeah. And uh, I love that video. This guy was like from Australia. Or something. Yeah, he's from Australia. Uh, had to like listen to him intently because uh, he had some <laughs> slang. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was a great video talking about when we discipline ourselves, there's such freedom. And even when it comes to rest, uh, if we discipline our rest, the investment in that is going to pay dividends. You know, mm-hmm. Stephen, you mentioned when you're tired, you get angry, you know. So even from a, a spiritual standpoint, you know, the rest is more than just going to bed for eight hours. You're going to be a better husband or a wife. You're going to be a better father or mother. You're going to be a better colleague at work. And it strengthens relationships at the same time. And uh, the investment goes way beyond just physicalness. Yeah. And the one caveat I'd put in there too, and this from an emotional perspective, and it has more to do with recovery, your mindset's important. So as you're hearing this uh, uh, this message about investment, I kind of realize that some people will approach their health and wellness from a mindset that's maybe not best for them, right? And it makes sense. And it may be based in prior trauma that they've experienced or messages that they've received in the world around them. And so pay attention to what your motivation is because there's a healthy way to go about investing your health and wellness. And there are some that are less healthy. And that's important. That matters. And so if you find yourself wondering where you fall, talk to somebody about that. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are things that you could work on that could help you shift your mindset so that you are investing in a way that's going to result in a positive outcome. Outcome. So the one thing I think about that comes to mind for me is when I deal with people, and you may experience this too, in your work with people from a, a strength conditioning and physical health perspective, is kind of their mindset and their relationship with their body Absolutely. and what they think about it. So having a positive mindset, if you're struggling with body image issues, or if you've had a history of disordered eating, mm-hmm. it's important to give yourself that opportunity when you're ready to talk about that with somebody so that you can heal and that you can find a way to invest in your emotional spiritual and physical health in a way that's going to positively benefit yourself. And also realizing that everybody deals with body image issues, right? So there's, mm-hmm. there's nobody that's like, you know, really out there just like totally kind of on a hundred percent swag mode. You know, it's like, it's like everybody has their, everybody has right. their insecurities. So yeah. uh-huh. um, also knowing that and, but also having the mindset of like, man, look at your progress, look at the, the steps that you're taking toward the right direction. That's the real important stuff. Definitely. So, yeah. I think, uh, you know, we really tackled these, you know, adjusting our mindset to embrace rest and recovery, creating a structured schedule that includes emphasizing rest and recovery Mm -hmm. to actively invest in self-care and to create healthy limits and boundaries in our life. Those are um, some very important steps for us to take. I'm feeling reinvigorated. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here planning out what I'm going to do to emphasize my process of rest and recovery. Well, it's funny because I think that we all talk from a kind of a professional experience standpoint, but that is something that I think that that's happening through this podcast that we're, we're each making each other better. Mm-hmm. So although we are maybe some experts at a component in these fields that we have work to do, I know I've mentioned this in previous podcasts with these in these things too. So mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing. Hey, because none of us have it all figured out or all, you know, 100% on all these things that we need, need to work on. So we, could, we all need to work on everything. So it's one of those things that we can get better. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm excited. I'm ready to go home and go to bed. <laughs> go home and take a nap. Yeah. Well, I, but if yeah. you take a nap, only allow it to be about 10 to 30 That's right. There you go. Not all day. Yeah. I've made the mistake, and then I found out as I, I read more about it that those longer naps can really hurt you more than no, they can. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Um, they, just, they disrupt that sleep cycle, and it's just, you know, you end up waking up more tired. But yes, I am excited about maybe taking a nap. So let me ask you uh, real quick as we come to a close, you know, uh, what's one 
something that maybe each one of us will practice uh, in the coming week Mm -hmm. that will help us uh, find rest and recovery. I think for me will be to say no to some people to find a a healthier balance uh, because I'm a yes man. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so I think uh, maybe by saying no to a few things that I know that other people can handle so beautifully. How about you, Stephen? Well, I was thinking of <laughs> taking the funny route and saying, I'm not going to answer that question because I'm in rest and recovery mode. <laughs> Very good. I'm, I'm, I, but no, um, I think that, you know, I, boundary setting is something that I've always been working on. But I think for me, it's going to be sleep. I I have a big issue with not getting enough rest mm. and working too hard, um, working very long hours and having a mindset that is preventing me from getting the rest that I need. And I'm not looking at my life in a realistic manner all the time. And so I think what I'm going to try to do is get real with myself and be honest and try to combat any of that negative self-talk that's causing me to convince myself that I don't need the rest, that mm-hmm. it's more important to work harder. That's a version of saying no. Yeah. I think no to overworking mm-hmm. and um, no to no longer prioritizing my rest. So yeah. I'm going to focus on sleep. Good. How about you, Coach Colin? Uh, mine is the pause, right? So, and I knew this part in a previous class. I already knew that I wasn't doing well with that, unplugging at certain moments of the day. And my wife lovingly reiterated it to me that, that I'm not good at that either. Mm-hmm. So so I'm just going to take some time to, you know, and just little segments of the day just to totally unplug from phones, computers, anything like that. And just kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, meditation, prayer, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of, kind of ground myself. Good. And then, yeah, I think after that, it's kind of like, again, you have this... Mm-hmm this kind of steam of you know productivity yeah so yeah so if you're listening and you're kind of wondering what you'll do and you don't know where to begin i mean you could take some of the suggestions that we've offered but also encourage you just doing when you're feeling rested right don't overextend yourself <laughs> but, but maybe just do a little bit of uh, internet research you know um again you can't trust everything you read on the internet but <laughs> uh, if it's coming from what appears to be a reputable website you feel comfortable and it's not some sort of like major risk go ahead and give it a shot you know there's so many different ways that you can engage in rest and recovery. So if it's not one of the ones that we talked about, maybe it's something else. Definitely. Thank you for joining us, everybody. We're so excited that you decided to take some time out of your day to listen to the podcast. We hope you come back for the next episode. And if you want some more information about the Lift, Feel, Pray podcast, go to www.liftfeelpray.com. You can, again, send us messages if you have any questions, comments, uh, reactions, or ideas for future episodes. We'd love to hear them and maybe include them in a future podcast. We wish you all the best as you take your next steps in working towards your health and wellness from a physical, mental, and spiritual perspective. And we hope, again, that you join us for a future episode. Thank you guys. It was a had a great time today. Great yeah. time. Great Thank you. Guys. All right. Until next time, everyone. Take care. Today's intro and outro music was composed by Kevin McLeod and is titled Cheery Monday. Available royalty free at https colon forward slash forward slash i n c o m p e t e c h dot com. <laughs>